You're listening to Amazing Health, where we empower you to make informed health decisions. This is The Fountain of Youth, Episode 2, with Diana Burnett. In the country that I live in, the United States, we have a Department of Homeland Security. It's our defense system. But you have been given the ultimate defense system. And of all times of history, I believe it's critical that we know how to build this system. You want a strong army. So as we get started, I want to bring your attention to a chapter that's in the Bible. It's Matthew chapter 24. And in that chapter, if you're familiar with it, it is when Jesus is talking about what's going to happen at the end of time. And I personally believe that that's where we're at. And the things that Jesus had mentioned in this talk and other places in the Bible that point to us being right at the end where Jesus could come and take us home. There are things that he said would happen before he returns and to watch for. And as the scriptures up here on the board, it's Matthew 24 in verse 6 and 7. Jesus said that you would hear of wars and rumors of wars. Is that true and increasingly true around the world? And then in verse 7, he says, and there shall be pestilences. These are diseases, infections, microbes that are going to threaten our life, threaten our security. Now, there's a close association between Jesus telling us that there's going to be pestilences and that you're going to hear about wars. Do you know there's biochemical warfare? So that can be part of the threat. You know, one country can um, purposely put infectious agents onto another country. It's called biochemical warfare. This is part of wars. And we need to have a defense against it. Now, is the army of the country that you live in, is it going to be able to protect you against those defenses? What is the defense that God has given us? No man can do better than what he has given us. It's right here within us. So every day you are facing a war. Did you realize that? Every day we are facing infectious agents that if we did not have strength of immune system, our life would be destroyed, even from a simple cold. Are you afraid of getting a cold? No, you know, are you? Yes, we don't like getting a cold, but are you afraid that you might not survive? I mean, if you're immune compromised, getting a cold is gonna be more serious, but for the typical person, a cold is an inconvenience. You feel pretty miserable. But do you realize that if you did not have an immune system, the simple virus that causes a cold would take your life? So you need to thank the Lord every day that you are protected against these agents that are out to destroy you. 
So before we get started, I do want to say a word of prayer and ask the Lord that he will be here to give us a message of hope and help. Our Father in heaven, thank you that you are our great physician, and thank you that you made our body and you understand how it works, and you want to give us that information, and you have opened up a world in science where we can see how incredible we are and how we're made, and you have given us information to know how to take care of this body. So bless us tonight, Lord. Teach us from you. Speak through me and help me to deliver a message that's clear and encouraging. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, let me give you just a couple of statistics here that come from the worldwide survey. Since 1973, 20 well-known diseases, which include tuberculosis, malaria, um, cholera, they have reemerged, and not only have they reemerged, but they've come back stronger and harder to fight. They're drug resistant compared to what we had maybe a hundred years ago or two hundred years ago. So some of the top killers from the past are coming back. When I was in medical training, I remember having patients that were in the hospital that were suffering from tuberculosis. But it wasn't as like it was in a hundred years ago. A hundred years ago, tuberculosis killed many, many people. But those that are getting tuberculosis today, even though our medicines have advanced, it is still more dangerous because our medicines have not advanced enough to fight these that have um, developed a drug resistant. They're stronger because they've been exposed to these drugs. And so they evolve, in a sense, to be able to resist what man is making to try to get rid of them. Since 1973, at least 30 previously known disease agents have been identified, including HIV, Ebola, hepatitis C, and there's no known cure for them. That's rather scary, isn't it? We don't need to see the details of this graph, but what I want you to see is the trend. Up in the upper left-hand corner, the pinkish bars, that's the overall, it's called the disease richness. Since eight, 1980, you see how um, the prevalence of disease was down quite a bit. And in those 30 years up to 2010, look at how much it has increased over threefold. And then the other graphs that you see are just breaking it down into those that are carried just by humans, those are that are transmitted from a vector like a mosquito or a tick from something else, and they transfer it to human. So you can see pretty much in every area that our infectious disease has skyrocketed. That's a rather unsettling, isn't it? How many of you remember the bubble baby? Have you ever heard of the bubble baby? There's been a, a few children that have been born with this disease. It's severe combined immunodeficient um, syndrome. And basically, these children are born without a defense system. They have no immunity. And any microbe that they are exposed to would take their life. 
And so what medicine had done is they developed this incubator where the air was purified because if any simple thing, like even a cold virus, got onto or into this child, it would kill them. Well, NASA was um, called and got involved in this, and they made like a space, shoot, a space suit for this child so that he could somewhat live a normal life. But after being out of his bubble for a while, the family was too fearful that he would get a contamination and take his life. So he went back and he lived in this bubble for a while. And then as science was progressing, they came to him, the family one day and said, you know, let's try doing a transplant. So they transplanted a, an immune system from another person into this child, and he did not survive. But you don't want to live in a bubble, do you? You know, so we want to learn about our immune system. And what I want to teach you tonight is that there are common things in our world that are depressing your immune system, and there are things that you can do by active choices in your lifestyle that will give you a strong immune system that before the enemy takes over, that you will be able to have your army ready to destroy these, these in, uh, invaders. So I'm going to tell you just a few basic things. You know, the people that study the immune system, they study it for their whole life. It is so incredible. I just, when I talk or study the immune system, I get excited. It is just incredible how God has made our body. But this immune system that God has given us has to do two things. It has to be able to tell who you are. So every cell in your body has to be identified as me. And then the parts of your immune system have to be able to decide who's the enemy. So it has to recognize yourself and it has to recognize the enemy, okay? So in simplicity, that's what it is. And the picture that we have up here on the right-hand side, the little bubbles that you see in blue, so you see two rows of them, and then you see some yellow behind it, that's a cell membrane. Every cell has this, whether it's your skin cell or whether it's your heart tissue, your lung tissue. Every cell has this um, type of... De development, um, built design. What it is, this little design that it has up there, it's like a receptor, and it's specific for you. It's a marker, and it's not like anybody else. And so the, the parts of the immune system that I'll be showing you, it will come along, and it will see that cell, and it will say, oh, this belongs to me. It's okay. But if it doesn't have that marker, and it has a different marker, like if I took my heart and put it in somebody else's heart, or, you know, more commonly we have kidney transplants. So if someone's kidneys from one person is transplanted into another person, if their markers that are on their cell membrane are too different, the person's body who's got the new organ is going to attack it because it doesn't recognize it and it's going to say, get rid of it. It's an enemy. So that's when, when people get a transplant, they are given medications, drugs, 
that shut down the immune system. It's like, don't, don't attack this new organ that we put in, okay? Or you're gonna, it'll literally eat it up. So that's a very important part of the immune system. Now, I'm going to just go through the vast amount of your body that is the immune system. If you think of the um, cardiovascular system, that's your heart and your blood vessels, right? If you think of your respiratory system, it's your lungs, the the tubes that go down, your your trachea, and your all of the passages through your nose, that's your respiratory system. But when we look at the immune system, just about every part of your body is involved. So the primary organs that are involved in your immune system are your bone marrow, and that's inside your bones. So all your bones have marrow, right? That is where the immune system is developed. You've got the white blood cells that we're going to talk about. They're, that's where they grow. And then you have the thymus gland. And I've got my microphone on, so I don't want to hear it, hit it. But your thymus is right about here. You see it in the middle of the chest there? When you're born, the thymus is bigger than any time of your life. It's about the size of my fist. And then as you age, by the time you're like six, it's very small. So your thymus is very small right now. But when you're born, your immune system is brand new. And everything has to go through the immune system. All the cells that belong to the immune system go to the thymus. It's the grade school. It's kindergarten. And all the cells that belong to the immune system have to go through the thymus to learn how to identify you and how to identify a foreigner. Isn't that amazing? I just think that's amazing. Now, there's secondary organs, and that includes the adenoids and the tonsils. You've heard of those, right? They're up here, and they used to take those tonsils out quite frequently. I was born in the 50s, and I got my tonsils out. And then you, the adenoids have been taken out, so people would get sick, and they'd say, oh, something's wrong with these things. Let's cut it out. They didn't realize until more advanced medicine came around. It's like, oh, wait a minute. These are part of the immune system. These are lymph nodes. We need them. So they don't take them out as much as they used to. Your spleen is a major part of your immune system. Your spleen is right over here. It's a, a rather tiny organ, and it helps process the, the B lymphocytes and some of your other um, cells that are involved in the immune system. We're coming, that'll be coming up. Then there's pyre patches. These are areas in the intestinal tract that also produce antibodies. You know what an antibiotic is, right? So that's a man-made medication that attacks a germ. Well, it's kind of a copy of what your body makes. The immune system cells, the white blood cells that we'll talk about, they produce natural antibodies that are made specifically to attack germs. And so throughout your intestinal tract, there's a lot of germs in there, right? So the major part of your white blood cells that, that are your soldiers that attack the invading um, infectious agents, 
most of them are in your intestinal tract. And then you have the appendix. The appendix is a critical part of the immune system. How many of you still have your appendix? Maybe I should ask how many have had it taken out. Well, even when I was in medicine, they're still teaching the appendix is an organ that just came from evolution and it has no use. They didn't know what the appendix does. But they now know that the appendix is a major part of the immune system. It is like the dispatcher's office that in the police department that tells the, the officers where to go to get the criminal. In the appendix, it is monitoring all of the germs, the infectious agents that are in the intestinal tract. And it's telling your white blood cells what kind of soldiers to put out there. Isn't that amazing? So you've got to take care of your bowels. You've got to make sure that you keep this system clean with the right food. Because if that appendix gets impacted, it, the, the matter that goes through the bowel does not flush really nicely through the appendix. You know, it's, I don't have a good drawing up there, but it's just a little, it's, it's called an appendix because it's, it's just this little thing that hangs off on this side over here. And if you do things that get, make you constipated, like foods that don't have a lot of fiber, Foods that don't have a lot of fiber are your animal products. And particularly the dense ones like cheese. That will plug up your appendix faster than anything. And when that gets plugged up and gets infected, that's an emergency situation. Because if it burst, you could lose your life because it just throws all kinds of poisons into the system. So the appendix is critical. And then we have all kinds of lymph vessels and lymph nodes. I don't have a picture of it except for up if you look at my little schematic up here on the right-hand side. It's um, actually on his left leg over here. You see those little round circles and some lines coming off? Those are lymph nodes, and the lymph vessels travel through your body just where your blood vessels go. So you have an artery, you have a vein, and you have a lymph vessel. Okay, so it goes all the way through your body to the very tips of your fingers, the tips of your toes. Everywhere is lymph vessels. Now the lymph vessels is like the highway for the policemen to travel on. And when they capture, when the white blood cells capture an enemy, a germ, they have to take it to jail. So they will pull it out of whether it's in the bloodstream or there's white blood cells that travel throughout the tissue and then they'll get back in. They bring it through the lymph vessels to jail, which is your lymph nodes. How many of you have ever had a sore throat and you feel these lymph nodes swell up? That's because your body is working and it's going in there and eating up these germs and bringing them to jail. And so they get swollen up until your body can flush them out and get rid of them. Okay, now the immune system includes different types of fluid. 
there's two fluids. You have the blood, and in the blood you've got the, the liquid part, the serum, but you have three different types of cells. You have erythrocytes, which we know more common name is red blood cells. So they're easy to see because when you cut yourself, you see red, right? So that's your blood cells, red blood cells. But then you have white blood cells. The white blood cells are your soldiers. They are the part of the immune system that are out there looking for the enemy. Okay? And there's different types of them. We'll, we'll look at the different types. And they all have a special function. And then you have platelets, and the platelets are what helps your blood to clot. Now you have lymph fluid. That comes from its chyle, and that's made from some fats that come from the intestinal tract, a little bit of red blood cells and some white blood cells. And so that's the fluid that helps flush all these um, the germs and the white blood cells that have attacked them out of your body. All right. There are different things that we have been born with that's innate, meaning we're born with them, that are part of your immune system, that protect you. The biggest thing is your skin. Your skin is a barrier to all these germs that are around us. It protects your inside organs from these bacteria and viruses, parasites, from getting right into your body. Isn't that a nice thing? Besides making us look better. I mean, we wouldn't look so nice without our skin, would we? On the skin, so you have a mechanical barrier, but it also produces substances that make it acidic. And the acid pH of the skin helps kill germs. So there are certain things that you can put on your skin that's going to wash that away. So you want to be careful of what kind of soaps that you use. You want to make sure that there's not um, synthetic chemicals, chemicals that man has made, because that'll change the pH of your skin. Now I have up there the word flora. Flora are the good bacteria that help protect against the bad bacteria. Did you know that you have staph? bacteria growing all over your skin, and you have in the strep family. Now we think of those two as being infectious and harmful to us, but they need to be on our skin because they're protecting us from other types of bacteria that would be a problem. And if you use soaps that have antibacterial agent in them, guess what you're killing? you're killing those good bacteria. And so it's not a good thing to use antibacterial soap. The triclosan, they have been, not only does it lower the immunity in your skin, but it also, they found that it's a chemical that's promoting cancer. So you want to avoid those type of things. Well, let's move on to the lungs. There are things in your lungs that are a natural protection. You, have you heard of cilia? They are like little hairs that line all of the parts of your respiratory system down into your lungs, and they just they act like a brush. And as you breathe in, 
air, you're also breathing in dust and you're breathing in germs that are all around you. Well, these little cilia hairs are made to flush these germs out. Aren't you happy that you have those? And if something gets down into your throat and it starts going into your lungs, you have an automatic response to cough to get it out. And if things get up through your nose, you're going to have a sneeze so that it will throw those germs out. So do you want to suppress a cough when you have an illness? No. What will happen if you suppress a cough? It will help the germs to go down. It's like keeping the door open. Instead of coughing and bringing it up, you just let it go right down. So a cough suppressant is not the best thing for keeping your immune system strong. Now another part of what helps get the pathogens out, pathogens are your germs, it's your mucus. And when you get a cold, the reason you have more mucus is because your body is producing this fluid so that it can flush out the germs. And we don't like to be all stuffy, do we? That's, part, that's the miserable part of a cold. But if you take an antihistamine to get rid of that mucus, you are allowing the germs to get right in there. So you are really going to lengthen the period of time that you have an infection. Does that make sense? See, when you understand how God made the body, you know how to work with it Instead of trying to get rid of what's making you miserable, there are other natural things that you can do that will not suppress your immune system. And then God gave us tears and saliva. The skin sloughs off. All these things help flush the pathogens out. And even in your stomach, the stomach acid is anywhere from like almost 0.9, around 1, all the way up to 3 it's very acidic, and that's for digesting your proteins. But one of the things that it helps do is if bacteria is on your food or mold or viruses, they get into your stomach, it will kill it. So aren't you thankful for the way God made us? Just what I told you right now you know, would be enough to know I've got an incredible immune system and how to take care of it. Well, I'm not done yet. This is getting even more exciting. We're now getting into the white blood cells. Now the white blood cells are moving everywhere throughout your body, but only one third of them are active at a time if you're healthy. So they're going throughout your, your bloodstream looking for enemies. And the rest of them, two-thirds of them, they, it's what's called marginate. They kind of park their cars. You know, you've seen the police, you know, they kind of find a spot on the side of the road and they sit there and eat their donuts and watch. Well, there's, they don't really need to be busy too much, so they're just watching things go. And there's, you know, there's someone else that's kind of actively going up and down. Well, that's the way it is with our white blood cells. We don't need all of them. But if an infection comes, an alert is sent out, and those ones that are sitting on the side of the road, it's like, okay, we got to go. We've got business. We've got enemies to take care of. 
So the three types of white blood cells that are called phagocytes, phagos, phago means to eat. So these cells are white blood cells that literally eat a germ. And I'm going to show you a video clip of a white blood cell eating a bacteria. But let me first tell you about these three. The, the most prominent white blood cell you have is called a neutrophil. And this is the first white blood cell on the scene. So they go after particularly bacteria that form pus. The number of white blood cells, the neutrophils that you have in your system is increased when you have a fever. Now what causes a fever? Is it because you're sick? Well, yes, when you're sick, it is your body's response to an enemy being in your body. And a white blood cell, like the neutrophil, as they're traveling throughout, and let's say you get a, an, a bacteria in your throat. You've breathed it in, and this white blood cell, a neutrophil, detects this bacteria. It will release a chemical, the white, the neutrophil, that goes through your bloodstream up to your brain to your hypothalamus. Now, I hope I'm not making this too complicated, but your hypothalamus is about the size of an almond, and it's incredible what it does, but it's your body's thermostat, for one thing. And it detects this chemical that the neutrophil has released that gives it a message that there's an invasion in the body. So the hypothalamus says, okay, we gotta send an alarm for the army to come out. So it raises your body temperature because white blood cells eat more germs when, it's, when they're warmed up and they travel faster. And so as the body temperature raises, and the body does that by shivering, you know, it makes it the action, it closes down the pores, so you get goosebumps. And so do you notice how before you get a fever, you feel cold and you start shivering? The body is, the message from the brain to the body is making every muscle shake so that it increases energy. And then it shuts down the pores so that you don't let heat out and the heat goes in and your body temperature raises. The body temperature goes up and the white blood cells that are sitting on the side of the road, they quit eating their snacks and they go into business. And they said, let's go find the enemy. And so they all emerge on the enemy and eat it up. Isn't that amazing? Oh, I think it's incredible. Then you've got macrophages. Now, macro means big, big eaters. Phage means eaters. So these are big eaters. And so they're the second ones on the scene. And they come about three hours later, and they attack dead cells and pathogens, and they take some of the proteins off of whatever they've destroyed, and they stick it on their, like the roof of the police car. You know, they stick it on their cell membrane. And then as they go throughout the bloodstream, it's like, an, do you know what an Amber Alert is? In my country, in the United States, if there's a child that's been abducted, we have an Amber Alert. 
and throughout the country, all over the highways, on the radio, on the television, there's announcement. Look for this type of person. Look for this type of car. It's an alert. Get the enemy that has abducted this child. And so the macrophages are like an advertisement saying, this is what the enemy looks like. Go after him. I mean, I'm not making this up. This is really what's happening. You know, maybe I'm not saying it so scientifically, but I think it's, I think it's just amazing. So anyway, then we have eosinophils. And eosinophils, they have a specific job. They like to go after parasites. So if you have a parasitic infection, your eosinophils are going to rise. You know, have you ever had a white blood cell count? You know, you get lab work. And, and they'll have the list of all these different white blood cells. So the doctor looks at them, and they can tell or get a clue what kind of infection you have by which one's elevated. And if the eosinophils are elevated, they say, aha, this person probably has parasites. So that's their clue. All right, I'm going to show you this video. And you see in the middle, you know, a little bit above center, that is a neutrophil. And the other cells that you see around are red blood cells. Now this is under a microscope that's magnified about 3,000 times. And do you see the, the, two, the, the little dark spot there to the left? Can you see that? That's a bacteria. This, this is the white blood cell moving. It, it can project itself. And you see how fluid it is? And it's chasing that bacteria. There's chemicals that that bacteria puts out, and the white blood cell, there it is. It swallowed it up. See? And then you see the little dark circles and things inside that white blood cell? Those are little balloons, packages of chemicals that are hydrogen peroxide and other chemicals that are like bleach and it breaks one of those packages open and kills that germ that it just ate. Isn't that awesome? We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, let's move on. We're going to talk about lymphocytes. There are several different types of lymphocytes, and I'm telling you, I'm just giving you the basics. But have you heard of natural killer cells? These are like your SWAT team. And they go after the big guys. They are looking for cancer. They're looking for other things, but they are particularly looking for cancer cells and viruses that have infected other cells of your body. There's certain research that has shown that 100% of people that come down with cancer, their natural killer cells are depressed by at least 60%, their effectiveness. And so it's very critical that you understand what makes our immune system strong and healthy? Because every day, every one of us produces cancer cells. Did you know that? We're all producing cancer cells. So if your immune system is not strong, those cancer cells, if they're allowed to escape, will form a tumor, and you end up having to face the cancer that you know one out of two people today face. Well, that's all we're going to say about the natural killer cells right now, though. And then we have lymphos uh, the two other types of lymphocytes. 
you might have heard of these. They're, very, they're more common, the T cells and the B cells. And the main thing that I want to tell you about the T cells are these are the particular cells that have to recognize the difference between your cells that your body's made up and those that are foreign, okay? And then you have the B cells, and the B cells are the ones that make your antibodies. They make five different kinds. Have you heard of IgG, IgM? Those are the short and abbreviation for what these antibodies are that they make. And they all have some different types of infect, um, action in getting rid of an, an infection. Now the T cells are the ones that in particular, when you're born, remember I told you that your thymus is fairly large at birth? Every T cell that is generated from your bone marrow, before it is released into your bloodstream, has to go to school in your thymus. And in the thymus is where it learns. Okay, class, today I'm going to tell you, here is what our cells look like. Do you recognize this protein on that cell membrane? Remember it, because I don't want you going out and having friendly fire. Don't attack yourself. But here's what the foreigners look like. And it's just like um, bank tellers. They don't learn how to find counterfeit by studying counterfeit. If they learn what self is, then anything that does not look like self is going to be a foreigner, right? But it's not just knowing what is self. Because we take in foreign particles all the time when we eat. And so you, it has to be able to say, okay, this type of protein comes from food that we're made to eat. And this, so this comes from an apple, and this comes from a peach, and this comes from greens. But what do you think happens when you take another animal product into your body? An animal, every animal has markers on its cell that identifies itself. And it is going to be foreign to your body. So one of the big reasons that we suffer a lot of health illness from eating animal products is because the protein markers on the cells from animals are foreign to us. And our immune system wants to attack it. So it, you want to eat the food that God made. Remember the paths, the law of life, the path to health? is in following the nutrition that God gave us. And when we eat outside of what he designed our bodies to eat, we're going to get in trouble. Does that make sense? Now, a big part of our immune system is what we call flora. And I mentioned it earlier, these are good bacteria. In fact, most of your body weight and the, the number of cells in your body come from these good bacteria. You have 10 to the 13th body cells. That's 10 times 10 times 10 times 10 times 10, 13 times. That's a lot of cells, isn't it? But you have 10 to the 14th bacteria. So you are made up of more bacteria than you are your normal body cells. 
your intestines and your small intestines and your colon have a huge number of these good bacteria. And in the last, I would say, five to 10 years, it's an emerging field of study to understand the work of these good bacteria in our immune system. And particularly because they're in our gut, they influence how you think. They call the gut the second brain. There is direct communication between what goes on in your intestines and what goes on in your brain. So it is critical that we have an, an, a healthy intestinal tract. Now, I, I'm not meaning to be on a soapbox tonight about animal products, but as I'm explaining the body, you have to realize that there are good bacteria and there's bad bacteria. When you take in animal products, they are loaded with bacteria that are not really friendly to your body. And they reproduce in your intestinal tract and they weaken your overall digestion. And so when we step outside of God's plan, you're just looking at all kinds of complications. We want to make sure that we have the right bacteria in our system, particularly in our intestinal tract. So these bacteria are, as long as they're in the right place, they're good. But remember I mentioned we have staph and we have strep that grow all along our skin. If you cut yourself and that staph or strep get deep into the tissue, then they can become a problem. They can also become a problem if they are um, overproduce an area, like you get impetigo. Impetigo is an infection that happens usually around the face and around the nose, like if a child um, has, is not clean and he blows his nose or he gets raw tissue, that staph will get in and infect the skin. So when it gets out of the proper place, it's going to be a problem. How many of you have heard of inflammation? We all, we all have had an experience. Have you sprained an ankle or bumped your knee or something? It gets inflamed. Well, in, the immune system is at work whenever you damage tissue. So inflammation is the work of the immune system to get rid of the dead tissue, to get rid of the infectious agent that has come in. So you have white blood cells, and the substances that they produce are working constantly to keep us from having infections. And then when something happens, they go to work, and there's byproducts from the work that they do. And so you're going to see redness. You're going to feel heat, because remember what I told you? A fever increases the activity of the white blood cells. So if you have an infectious area and you put your hand on it, you'll feel heat because that's the body's way of making the white blood cells more effective. Now, what happens if you have an immune system that has been compromised? Something has broken it down. When this happens, it cannot deal with infections and agents that come in that we call antigens in its usual way. 
and it resorts to inflammation in a greater way than it typically would have. We see that when the body's trying to get rid of a disease, that um, it's the main way that it wouldn't work is necessarily like fighting an infection. So I'm trying to make this simple. Let's just look at how it occurs. It occurs when the body is not in optimal health. So if you've been broken down for any reason, if you've had a prolonged illness and the immune system has not beaten it, but it's weakened the system, it can be confused by what we call hostile antigens. That means something that's very virulent, something that you wouldn't typically get into the body. Anytime the immune system's overstimulated, so you might have had exposure to too many different types of infections. You might be overstressed, you get overtired, all these things that weaken it, and we're going to talk about that. It's going to start attacking the body tissue. It gets confused. And instead of just fighting the infection, it starts destroying the body's normal tissue. Here's a list of a few common autoimmune diseases. Rheumatoid arthritis is when the body's immune system starts attacking your joint um, structure. Psoriasis is when your immune system starts attacking your skin. Crohn's disease, inflammatory bowel, is where the immune system has been triggered by some type of protein that has come in, and it's similar to the tissue in the intestinal tract. And instead of just fighting the infectious agent or protein that triggers it, it turns on the tissue. The same happens with multiple sclerosis. The immune system has been triggered by a protein that looks similar to the myelin sheath on your nerve cells. And it starts eating away your own body, and you come down with a problem like multiple sclerosis. It can do the same thing with type 1 diabetes. A foreign protein can stimulate your own body system, your immune system, to start attacking the cells in the pancreas that produce insulin until there's no more beta cells. And then you have the, the person has to take in insulin because the body can no, no longer form it. Well, let's look at some of the things that weaken your immune system. We all tend to have our immune system weakened as we age. It's just part of how we get fatigued and wear out. But most of the problem is because of choices that we've been making as we have been going down a path of life. And so we're going to look at some of those lifestyle choices that weaken your immune system. Anytime you get off of the path the way God has made it, you're going to be weakening the immune system. So anything that you do that's going to contaminate the air, the water, your food, and change the food from the way that God made it, you're going to get in trouble. Even the principle of love. Let's look at that. How many of you are familiar with stress? Anyone ever not have a, have a day when you weren't stressed? 
You know, it's hard even to go on vacation and not be stressed, isn't it? Stress is something that especially drives the immune system to suicide. Stress in the wrong way. A constant push. Especially something like emotional stress. And where your job has pressures that get to be too much. So you've heard of burnout? That is stress that is causing inflammation in your body that is going to put you at risk for other diseases like cardiovascular disease and even cancer. But it will also set you up for an autoimmune disease. People that have had a stressful, major stressful event within the last two years of their life are at risk for an autoimmune disease. So you want to be very careful. It's like if you have the top stressor is losing a loved one. The second top is divorce. Losing a job. These type of things. These are major stressors. So that's setting you up for your immune system to be down. I don't know if I mentioned this in my other lecture, but did you know that just five minutes of anger suppresses the immune system? for six hours. That's pretty dangerous, isn't it? So we want to make sure we, we um, know how to avoid our anger. But I want, to, I want to tell you the other side of the coin. Love and appreciation increases the immune system. So what they did in this study is they took couples and they showed them pictures of things that were loving. And they had them say loving things to each other. And they had them be kindly to one another for five minutes. And they took blood measures of their IgA, the antibodies that the white blood cell produces. And they found that it rose significantly for the, at first. And then it dropped down a little bit. You see my little arrow. And then over the next several hours, it continued to sharply, sharply rise. Don't you feel it when someone appreciates you and says something kind to you? This is what's happening inside your body. So we want to make sure that we learn how to appreciate others and appreciate what God has given to us. Heavy metal. Heavy metal severely depresses the immune system. Where do we get heavy metal? Oh, it can come from a lot of places. It can come from the fillings that you put in your mouth. It can come from, let me tell you, a hidden source. Do you know that burning candles, the wick has lead in it. And when you burn the candle, that lead is released into the air. So you can get heavy metals that way. Heavy metals can be in the water. There's many, many different ways that you can get heavy metal. So some of the top metals like lead and mercury, I've got a list up there. These are all very damaging to the immune system. And I mentioned mercury. It increases the inflammation in tissue by over 50%. Very, very harmful. We're not going to have time to go through everything. I'm just going to hit some of the highlights. But even prescription medication can impact your immune system. I've got a few of the top ones. Steroids are specifically 
to depress your immune system. It's, it tells it to calm down. And so that's why when someone receives a transplant, they give them steroids so that the immune system doesn't react. Well, when you take any steroids for any other reason, it's going to weaken your immune system. Antibiotics will weaken your immune system. Here you take them to fight an infection, but it's also killing the good bacteria throughout your body. So it is going to weaken your immune system. Proton pump inhibitors, things that are antacids, they are going to weaken your immune system because they get rid of the acid in your stomach. They lower the acid. And so you're not able to fend off the bacteria and things that get into your stomach. There's things that we can do. I put it up here on, the, on our list. If you drink things where your water is alkaline, it's going to cause the same effect in the stomach as if you took an antacid. So you are affecting the ability of the stomach to get rid of germs, bacteria that come in. Let's just go on. Any of the hormones, any of the estrogens like hormone replacements, birth control, these type of things decrease the immune system by 150%. It's 150% increase of inflammation. Statin drugs increase inflammation. Animal products, we already mentioned those, of why they increase inflammation. SSRI, antidepressants, they suppress the immune system. Well, let me say that different. They don't suppress the immune system, but they make you susceptible to infection because what they do is stimulate the immune system. And scientists at the Georgetown University Medical Center have found that when the immune system is stimulated by these um, antidepressants, that it, they stimulate the immune system overly much. And they, call, they produce what's called a cytokine storm that go through and break down body tissue, particularly in the lungs. So it's very harmful with the inflammation in the lungs. Opioid drugs, short-term, long-term, they've been found to increase inflammation. This is a big one, acetaminophen otherwise known as Tylenol. In 2003, they almost took this drug off the market because it's the number one cause of liver failure. It's highly toxic to the liver, and your liver is the main organ of detoxifying your body. So when you get the damage from the acetaminophen and the residues from it in the liver, then when the immune system is fighting an infection and all of the debris that comes from that war, you know, it's killing the germs and then there's substances that are produced by the white blood cells, that has to be all cleansed from the body through the liver. And when the liver's compromised because it's taken acetaminophen in, it's not going to be able to function as much. So that promotes inflammation. So when you're sick and you take an, an acetaminophen, like to fight the fever, you're 
going against the body's immune system. Fragrances, I put them up there, fragrances. They're fake fragrances that are made from chemicals, things like air fresheners, scented laundry soaps, scented body products. These type of things disrupt the immune system. They're very toxic to the body. They can cause asthma in children, which is an autoimmune reaction. So what, it's kind of a joke that they're called air fresheners. They might be covering something that doesn't smell so good, but they're highly toxic to the body. When my daughter was diagnosed and she was in the hospital, I had one of the nurses come to me. And she said, Diane, I can, find a, I can smell a cancer baby a block away. And you know what they smell like? Any of these scented things. But there's one thing even stronger than some of these scents. She said, it is fabric softener. If it's scented, it's bad. And just the chemicals that they use to make your fabric soft break down your immune system and will promote cancer. So these type of things are very harmful. Very small amount of exposure, but they're everywhere you go. Hair dyes, body products. I'm not even be able to go through all of these because we want to cover some other things. Some of the chemicals that you get in your food. Are you getting overwhelmed? It's everywhere around us, isn't it? Satan is out to break our body down. Do you get that picture? He is just filling our world with things that's going to say, I don't want that person to have an immune system. I want to wipe them out. So some of your food preservatives like BHA, some emulsifiants, the thickeners, baking soda and baking powder break down your immune system. They lower the stomach acid and it increases the risk of cancer by 190%. So you do not want to use baking soda or baking powder. It's not just the aluminum. There's a source of heavy metal. We know that aluminum breaks down the immune system. But just the action of the carbonate in, these part, in this product is what is causing the problem in the stomach. Well, let's look at foods that we ferment. When you ferment or rot a food, it releases something called aflatoxins. These are very, very hard on the immune system and cause inflammation. So some of the common foods that we enjoy are cheese, wine, and vinegar. How many of us enjoy vinegar on our salads? These substances are very hard on your immune system. In fact, scientists use weak solution of vinegar to induce irritable bowel disease in rats so that they can study Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. So you don't want these types of foods that have been rotted or fermented. Mold in general, cheese is loaded with mold, but any other source of mold, even like around your house, you don't want to have piles of leaves that are decaying. You don't want to keep compost in your home that's getting moldy. You want to make sure you stay away from foods that are moldy. The statistics, as we see up here on our screen, food that has 
um, mold in it or mold from around our environment increases inflammation in your lungs by 180% and in your joints by 360%. Mold is very deadly to the body. The air we breathe, indoors or outdoors, we live in a very polluted world, don't we? It's difficult to find clean air, and it's being sprayed on us constantly. The industries are putting out heavy metals. That's a source of of some of these different heavy metals, mercury and other toxins. But what about indoor air? Indoor air is even a problem because usually we're closed up, and we don't have good circulation. In Arizona, we um, we have air conditioners, not, you know, where you keep your windows open. So the air is constantly recirculated. And all the toxins that are put into the air by the building products that surround us, whether it be the plywood, the sheetrock, carpet emits different things, all these things, even paint, emit what is, emit what is called volatile organic compounds and formaldehydes and dioxins that are very toxic to the body. When my daughter was diagnosed, I started looking into things, what causes cancer? What causes leukemia specifically? And the first thing I found was mobile homes. Because of all the glue that it's put together with. And I found out that when a mobile home comes off the assembly line, they actually put a sticker on it that says, warning, may cause cancer. And we just happened to have lived in a brand new mobile home for 10 months, 14 months before she was diagnosed. So you want to look for building products and and couches, furniture, all these things that have more um, they're called green, you know, that's the term that we look at. They, they're not synthetic and do not have these toxic effects. I put a, a website up here that is helpful if you want more information because we could talk about this for probably another week. There is so many things in our world that are toxic to our system and to our immune system. The first one, pneumotox.com. This is a website that has over 300 different drugs that affect the immune system, particularly the lungs. And so whatever medication you're on, you can go to websites and see what side effects there there are. Blood pressure medications tend to, certain ones will increase an autoimmune disease. So get, get on this site and look it up. The next one is ewg.org. This is Environmental Working Group. It's a nonprofit corporation, and they're like the toxic watchdogs of the world. So they're out there looking at your foods, they're looking at your building supplies, they're looking at your skin and body product, they look at household agents, the things you clean with, and they will tell you a scale of how toxic they are in studies that have been done to see whether they're safe or not. They came out with a study a few years ago, 
They, they looked at 10 different babies when they were born, and they took blood from the umbilical cord, and they found that the average baby born has over 200 toxic chemicals in their blood at birth. It's a, it's a scary world, isn't it? We want Jesus to come. Well, let's look, quickly look at a few different things. Sleep will de- a lack of sleep will depress your immune system, particularly if you don't get your hours before midnight. So the melatonin that is produced before midnight, that's an antioxidant. That strengthens your immune system. That helps the body to be able to fight any of these foreigners that are coming in. It will increase a, a, a stress hormone that depresses your immune system. So you want to get at least seven hours of sleep, seven to nine hours of sleep, preferably starting at nine o'clock. The hours before midnight are worth two hours after. So if you have, if you want to put in your hours, don't push the clock past midnight. You know, it'd be better to go to bed at nine and get up at two if you're going to get a short hour, have short hours, then to go to bed at midnight and try to get in more sleep after that. Well, here's some more things. You might not like this list. These three, caffeine, chocolate, and cola drinks, it's not, good to, it's not fun to hear news about your, good, your bad habits, is it? <laughs> Dr. McDougall will always say that, and I thought, that's true. We don't want to hear this kind of news. But caffeine will increase inflammation 300 to 600%. Chocolate, 150%. Cola drinks, 120%. Alcohol, that's kind of a given, huh? We know it's a toxin, and it's a toxin to the liver. So for many reasons, it, it increases inflammation, and stresses the body. Smoking and, sm- and secondhand smoke, these are toxic fumes that are caustic and cause inflammation throughout the body. All right, we're going to hit just a few more things. I don't want you to go home depressed. But the typical Western diet that's high in animal products, processed meats, and cheeses, um, all these, even eggs, particularly your processed milk like pork and hot dogs, and then you've got the butter and the lard and hydrogenated fats and these refined sugars and the refined flours. You know, basically, if you walk into a grocery store, it's the whole store except for that part over there where you have your produce. It is loaded with things that increase your inflammation by over 200%. Meat and dairy and trans fats, these are mostly saturated fats from heated oils or animal products, they increase the arachidonic acid, which causes the formation of what we call pro-inflammatory metabolites. What these do is stress the, um, the blood vessels, it causes stiffness in your blood vessels, it depletes the, it, um, the, the 
chemical that white blood cells respond to that help it detect a cancer cell or a germ. It's a leukotriene. And that is perverted by these trans fats. And the white blood cell might still be out there, but it forgets what a cancer cell is, and it won't detect it. So these type of things are very, very harmful to your immune system that fights these diseases that are taking our life. This is a graph of the effect of sugar on the immune system. So over to your far left, you see a yellow bar. That is how many bacteria a white blood cell can eat if it has no sugar in the body. Okay, so within 30 minutes, one white blood cell can eat 14 bacteria. But if you take in six teaspoons of sugar, it goes down to 10 bacteria. Six teaspoons is what you'd get in probably two-thirds of a soda. There's nine teaspoons in a soda. As you take in 18 teaspoons of sugar, it goes down to two, and by the time you get up to 24, it can only devour barely one. 24 teaspoons is nothing. The average person is taking in 19 teaspoons of sugar, anywhere up to 55 teaspoons. Our world is functioning as an uncontrolled diabetic. Some people that already have high inflammation going on are going to be ultra-sensitive to gluten. And so if your immune system is compromised already, you may want to stay away from gluten. They're 10 times more sensitive to the gluten that you find in wheat and barley, rye. Here's a graph that shows the more intake that you have of meat, the more the prevalence is of rheumatoid arthritis. So you can just see it's a linear relationship. More meat, more autoimmune disease. So army, well, it's built on the laws of life. I like to put it in an acronym, recreation. The way God made us at creation and the laws that he gave us, we want to be recreated. And the C stands for choice. We need to make right choices. Isn't that our biggest challenge? Is making right choices. But it will be God on your side to make the choices that will give your body strength. So just ask the Lord to help you make right choices. Then you want to get plenty of rest, and the environment is things in the air, things like the sunlight, and water externally. A is for activity, mental activity, as well as physical activity. We've got to keep moving. Exercise builds your immune system. And having a trust that you have a father that takes care of you brings peace to your heart, doesn't it? When you have to carry a burden by yourself, it will crush you. But God says, bring your burdens to me because I care for you. Interpersonal, we talked about that as far as our interreactions with others, our sense of appreciation, our sense of love, what happens if we have negative feelings. 
our outlook, whether we feel that even when bad things are happening, it's like if life serves you lemons, make lemonade, right? So it's like, how are you looking at things that are happening? Is it God bringing me these things to develop my character? Will he be with me? And though I go through whatever I go through, whatever storms there are, that I have a God that has a great plan for my life. And then last but not least, nutrition including water internally. So we want to make sure we get plenty of fiber. High fiber foods usually come with magnesium. And there's a, um, de- when there's a deficiency of, in these two things, magnesium and fiber, there's a 300 to 400% increased risk of inflammation. You want to get rid of all these things we've talked about, all the refined foods, your sugars, things with cholesterol, your eggs. You want to get rid of soft drinks. And I've got vegetable oil up there. Vegetable oil increases inflammation by 22%, which doesn't sound too bad compared to sugar at 430%. You want to avoid GMO foods. Do you know what GMOs? Genetically modified organisms. If you look at Amazing Discovery's website, there, there's DVDs and information on GMOs. So we're not going to go into those type of that topic tonight. You want to avoid all the additives you can. Get food as pure as you can right from the way nature God has made it. That's the safest. Change it as little as possible. When you refine it, extract it, separate the things out, that's when you get into trouble. Since 1960, the magnesium in foods have decreased by 19%. So you want to look at foods that are high in magnesium. You want to make sure you've got plenty of zinc and plenty of selenium. The foods that are high in magnesium are your leafy greens because chlorophyll is what makes them green and the the central atom of chlorophyll is magnesium. So you get lots of magnesium in your leafy greens. Pumpkin seeds have plenty of zinc and three to five Brazil nuts a day will supply all the selenium that you need. So these will boost your immune system. In general, eat freely from the garden and from the orchard. And then, you know, you've got your grains and you've got your beans. Keep the nuts at a lower level. Make sure they're not roasted in more oil because that's going to be caught. That'll switch them from being um, helpful for your immune system and will cause more inflammation. This is a, a graph of four different type of diets that were taken in. The first one on the left is the typical Western diet with fats, oils, processed meats, potatoes, salty, you know, the SAD diet, the standard, we call it standard American diet. And then the next one is the Mediterranean diet. They have beans and tomatoes, refined grains and high fat and um, dairy um, diet. And then we have on the, the third one is fish, vegetables, dark yellow cruciferous vegetables. And the last one was whole grains, fruits, nuts, and the, the diet we just talked about from the garden and from the orchard. When they looked at the groups that were eating these four different types of food, they found that those that were on the Western diet elevated their inflammation fourfold. Those that were on the Mediterranean-type diet, they had inflammation raised one point, one fold. 
Those that took in a fish and some of the vegetables, they had a one-fold decrease, but those that ate from the garden and from the orchard lowered their inflammation by fourfold. So that's the diet. God says, you eat this, you're going to avoid all of the issues that people are seeing. Make sure you get plenty of water. I recommend the purest, softest water you can get. You want to make sure you don't get dehydrated. There was a study done in 2007 at Loma Linda. They found that being dehydrated is as hard on your body as smoking. I'm just going to tell you a quick study. This is a report from the um, a magazine called Life and Health. It, was, it came out in 1919, a year after the great Spanish flu epidemic. Here is the statistics. What this certain hospitals that use natural remedies, what they did was they treated the flu with hydrotherapy. They used hot packs on the chest. They put their feet in hot water. They did hot baths. They did a variety of fever treatments. Compared to the army camps that were, were the men that, were, that came down with the flu, they were treated by the standard care of medicine. So in the army camp, one out of five of those in the army came down with the flu. Of those that came down with the flu, one out of six of them went into complications of pneumonia. 40% of those with pneumonia passed away on the standard treatment. But those that were treated by the sanitariums using natural remedies, putting them on a good diet, using water therapy, they had a total of 1,123 cases. They only had 11 of those over 1,000 that came down with the pneumonia. That's 1%. That's pretty remarkable, isn't it? And of those that got pneumonia, six of those 11 passed away from complications, which was only a half of a percent. So what you can see is that God's plan brings healing, doesn't it? You're looking at 40% mortality versus half of a percent. I just want to mention, I'm not going into detail about the hydrotherapy that was done, but if you go to Amazing Discovery website, they have material on natural remedies. So you can find plenty of information there. How to use charcoal, how to use herbs, how to use other substances that will help fight naturally the infections that we have. So I'm sure all of you remember 9-11 in the United States when the Twin Towers in New York City came down. A survey that was done after that event, a survey over the Americans, 76% of Americans said, I will give up my freedoms to be secure. They will have their freedoms restricted to have safety in our country. I want to ask you tonight, are you willing to give up some of your bad habits? How about all of your bad habits? So that you can have homeland security. Would you like to do that? 
you will be cooperating with the God who promises you. In Psalms 91, here's the promise he gives us. In verse 5, he says, Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night. So all these pestilences, all these things that are threatening us in our world, he says, you're not going to be afraid of them. Because he says, I will deliver you from the noisome pestilence. I will deliver you from all these things that are attacking you. Would you like to put your life in the hand of our Creator and say, take care of me, and I'll do what I can to cooperate with you? Let's close in prayer. Our Father in heaven, thank you for this body that you've given us. Thank you for making it known the things that we can do to build our system so that we can cooperate with you, that when all these things come upon us, that you can put your hand over us and say, I'll deliver you, I'll protect you. So Lord, keep us in your care. And the battles that we're fighting with our health, with our emotions, with anything that's going on, Father, I ask your blessing on everyone that's listening today and that you will give them hope and that you'll give them courage and direction. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If this episode impacted you, please share it with others. Amazing Discoveries is a donor-supported ministry. To help us keep producing content like this, visit AmazingDiscoveries.org. And, as always, you can find the visual presentation of this episode on ADTV.watch.